Hello and welcome back to the Premier League on Tap, your FPL Draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Zach, we're finally back. How have you been during the international break? Doing great, Nate. Honestly, haven't watched much international football lately. I've just been enjoying a nice, you know, first weekend of Northeast fall weather and watching some American football, but. Um, I just got back from California for uh, some time spent on my uh, second job to this show. Uh, <laughs> I'm refreshed and ready to go, though. Let's let's get back into manager mode. Awesome. Let's do it. Before we jump into it, I want to thank Jacob and Will again for joining us last week um, for our intermas- international break manager interviews. Uh, we had a great time chatting with you guys, and we hope that all the Fantrax managers out there took something valuable away from our talks. Um Listeners, shoot us a DM on Twitter and follow us at PL underscore on tap. Let us know if you enjoyed those episodes and want to hear something like that in the future. Um, Also, again, like I said, follow that account. Make sure you never miss an episode. Wink, wink. Uh, We had quite a few people reach out when we were looking for guests. So if you are interested in being a guest on the show, um, also drop us a DM and let us know that uh, you want to add your name to the list. So with that being said... Premier League action is back in full swing, baby. Uh, We've got a full slate of weekend matchups, and we've got some tasty fixtures to talk about. So no more dilly-dally. Let's dive right right into this analysis. So first up, Saturday, probably my game of the weekend. I know there's the Manchester Derby. Oh, well. But it's the North London Derby. Arsenal, Spurs. Arsenal right now, the home favorites, favored by .5 goals. Um, the over-under on this one is 275, so probably looking at a 2-1, 2-2 finish in this one. Uh, Zach, run us through some injury updates on Arsenal. Um, what's going on there? Yeah, so we've got Partey and Tierney questionable right now, so uh, you could see them elect to uh, slide Zinchenko in there if he's also not hurt himself. Uh, if he's out... It's anyone's guess who slides in there at left back. I guess maybe you could see Cedric or Tomiyasu if he's not hurt. But basically, Arsenal definitely have some injury concerns um, on their side, at least on the defense, as the defense is related. Uh, and then for Spurs right now, all we have is Laurie's questionable, which would be an impact for the Spurs defense that is usually pretty valuable and, and is always in a good chance to get a clean sheet maybe not against arsenal but against some other sides yeah i think that tierney injury is a interesting one it looks like he may have suffered a concussion so he's got to pass concussion protocol in order to get back on the field um so if him and zinchenko are out and Partey, it looks like they're going to reassess him once he gets back in from international duty it looks like he was maybe returning today so i would just say for all of the injury topics that we discussed today definitely double check um the injury updates as far as saturday goes um and maybe friday uh, depending on when the manager interviews are so just something to keep note of so injuries aside who are you looking to start from this arsenal side going up against spurs uh, so I'd be comfortable starting any of their uh, forward options this game. They generally are pretty
pretty good at scoring goals. The over-under at 2.75 indicates that, too. Uh, I know Odegaard's coming off of 70 minutes playing for Norway, so he should be all good to go and ready to fire. But in the case he's not, I'm also comfortable with streaming Vieira this week. So for starters, I'd say obviously you're starting Jesus, Saka, Martinelli. I am not interested in their defense particularly this week against a Spurs side that just put up six, I know Leicester, but they, they have shown the ability to score game in and game out. So if you can avoid starting any of those defenders, really, maybe Zinchenko I'd actually be pretty okay with starting since he gets forward. But the rest of them I'm really not interested in this week. Even Tomiyasu if he starts. Uh, I think you can just do better than that. And Chaka's not a bad streamer as well because this game has uh, definite potential to be back and forth. Like um, with with Spurs, the way they play uh, on the counterattack, I could see him definitely getting the ball a lot and starting that transition. And he's been definitely getting forward as well himself this season, maybe uncharacteristically to past seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I But think, that's uh... all I'd be looking for. Yeah, I think a lot's going to have to do with the outcome of the injuries to see where these players are playing. Because I think that if Partey's out, Shaka will probably have more defensive duties than he's probably had in, thus far this season. Um, especially in a game that's definitely going to be uh, it's going to be a tight affair. It's going to be chippy. Uh, it's 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 a North London derby. What do you expect? But um, yeah outside of that jumping over to the spurs side uh you're starting your son kane uh decky richarlison i'd even throw in perisic too if he starts yeah 100 percent. he's i think second among crossing accuracy in the league right now so he's really whipping balls in and getting amongst um the attacking possession um a really integral part plus he takes set pieces um i think him and son still kind of trade off here and there uh, i've even seen uh, decky take a few but uh yeah anybody else you think you would start in that side that's all for the must starts i'd say parasitch definitely has that upside or i guess reduced downside in that he's not going to get those points against for the many mm-hmm. goals that we're anticipating here and with arsenal being favored but if you move into the streamers, I'm thinking Doherty, Emerson, and Sessegnon are all pretty viable. Uh, but I would not, like I said earlier, I would not look to uh, Tierney or Cedric or Tomiyasu on the on the other side of things. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's an odd one to call because Spurs history at the Emirates is very poor. Um, last season when they went to the Emirates they lost 3-1 and were completely blown out in that match they just could not compete Uh, but that was when Nuno was in charge we saw what happened when Conte was in charge again that was at home Um, but I think if if you're really looking to take a gamble in this game if Tierney and Zinchenko are both out and there's a possibility that Tamiyasu's not playing I mean, does Xhaka slide into that left-back spot? We've seen him play it before. If he does, I might take a gamble on whoever's playing right wing-back for Spurs. Um, it could be Doherty because we ha- have heard Conte say that after the international break, he really wants to give Doherty and 
Um, oh man, why can I not think of it? Other, no, the other new signing for Tottenham, <laughs> um, Basuma. Oh, he wants yes. to give them more game time because he thinks that they've inter- integrated well into the squad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just a punt to throw it out there. Um, I mean, really, how do you how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, so I think we could see anyone starting on defense, really, this game. You, you, you could see Doherty. I know there's been a lot of hype about him, but realistically, you have to expect Emerson to start here. Either way, you're not excited too much about either of them, and you could probably do better, especially since this is the first slate. Uh, but definitely, if Doherty starts, at the very least, get grab him into your team and put him on your bench mm-hmm. because the way he scored at the end of last season was prolific. I'm not trying to make him a thing again, but we have to... <laughs> We have to at least do our due diligence here and pick the guy up if he's if he's showing promise of getting in that starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of the injuries are going to play a role here for me with Arsenal, and so it may be kind of a wait and see scenario with how that press conference goes. But yeah. uh, right now, the expected front line is Richarlison, Son, and Kane. Um, so. Keep that in mind for when you're starting your Arsenal defenders. That is not a front three I want to look at if I'm a defender. Yeah, and I think it's the same for the Spurs side, too. I think we're both in agreement here that you start your attackers and your attacking midfielders for Arsenal and Spurs, and you kind of just leave the defenders outside of Perisic because Mm -hmm. he is classified as a mid, doesn't have that downside of goals against. Kind of leaving the defenders on the bench this week. Agreed. Um, So... Let's move on to the next slate of games, um, the af- well, the mid-afternoon games. Uh, we're going to start off with Bournemouth versus Brentford. Brentford favored by 2.25 goals, over-under at about 2.5. So you're looking at a, a close game. Um, I mean, Bournemouth just does not excite me. They don't really have any injuries of note. But, I mean, other than Tavernier, who ghosts well i guess he hasn't really had that many like immaculate games in the last few but i don't know i just for one all of their assets are like your tier three tier four options at every position for me what are you thinking agreed there's not too much here that is nuanced for them you can start tavernier with some confidence if you have him he might I think in all honesty, he's probably better than the other guys you're going to consider starting. And Brentford's not a horrific matchup for him to get forward. Uh, Billing, on the other hand, is going to be the other hot name this week. I'd be comfortable starting him. Like I said, I mean, Brentford, I think, have only kept one clean sheet. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, against... Uh, Manchester Man, United. Man United, yeah. And what was really an uncharacteristic game from them absolute (laughs) route yeah that was a murder uh i think that's just an outlier and i don't really see them keeping many clean sheets so i think Mm -hmm. there's going to be goals in this one i think brentford does rebound here they're favored slightly at minus a quarter but you know i'm not i'm not thrilled about anyone on boardmouth this week You, you really rarely will be some people will be shouting from the rooftops for philip billing since he's been scoring and ghosting but I'd take a I'd take a wait and see if I could, 
but you could certainly do a lot worse than billing this week yeah and i think if you are in a deeper league and maybe you do need a tier three tier four forward maybe give Solanka a shot especially with the fixtures that Bournemouth has coming up um, they've got Leicester Fulham Southampton and West Ham in their next four so I mean nothing crazy in those matchups so I mean if they can start their I mean their outcome of the matches has been pretty okay after they lost the first three by like a hundred goals um but yeah fan tracks wise those guys just don't really score well you you need the goals and assists and they just they just don't score enough for me um as far as brentford goes uh who are you looking to start on that team do those does do they have any injury worries right now the only worry or i guess hope in this sense is that panic is going to return I know most people have picked him up by now, and if you have an extra spot on your bench, uh, grab him. Don't anticipate him starting this week, but he should come back into the squad within the next week or two. Uh, I'd expect him in the squad this week, but he might not make the starting 11 from what I've been hearing around the Twitter space. So just play, wait, and see. Be patient. But you're starting your Tony, your Embuemo, me, Raya, Damsgaard. Uh, and I think you could also get away with starting Wissa or Lewis Potter on the wing. I wouldn't be thrilled about Lewis Potter quite yet. We haven't seen a ton from him. Uh, I'd definitely be excited about Damsgaard, though, as a streamer in this matchup. I think mm-hmm. Bournemouth is actually going to be a little bit more annoying to play against. You're going to think that they're the Bournemouth of old under um, Scott Parker. Mm-hmm. But I think that they'll improve a tad in that sense. They only gave up one goal last week, or the last week that they played. So I think they might shore things up a little bit at the back. I mean, they can only get better. Yeah, so that's for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a route here from Brentford, but it's, it's in the cards for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I would say that this might be a game. Uh, if you need to roster another forward mid or defender that targeting a Brentford asset isn't the worst option Um, but this game if I'm not if I'm not a Tony owner or a Ben Me owner uh, if Damsgaard starts I'll I'll play him but I'm not really going to go out of my way to roster anybody from either of these sides what are you thinking yeah, not really. Um, and I guess I wasn't specific enough earlier with the injury. If Pinnock is back and starts in this game, you should be starting him. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move on here. Crystal Palace, Chelsea. Chelsea favored by half a goal here, over under at two and a half. Um, Palace, it's tough to play at Selhurst Park, especially with Chelsea having a new manager in charge with uh, Graham Potter. Uh, he's had some time to work with some of his squad. He's got obviously had some of his squad away on international duty. Um, but let's start with the Palace side here first. They are the home team. Uh, no injuries to note, but who do you like to start in this game? Yeah, so I believe that their front three that's slated to start is uh, 
gonna be hold on one second it's looking like zaha olise and then you're gonna have either mateta or edward i personally wouldn't be looking to start mateta or edward um but i definitely am looking to start zaha uh as a olise and anderson for sure as he's been a stud so far this season um, hopefully you were able to get him on your rosters before, but he's probably gone now. <laughs> and then if you wanted to move into streamers, check to Corey's is okay. And uh, Guatia, you, you, you could get away with him, but I won't get too far into the goalkeepers per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anderson's sitting at 63% rostered right now. So a select few leagues, he might still be available, but... I mean, this guy is just ghosting out of his mind right now. He's got, I mean, you're banking on 8 to 10 points a game without a clean sheet, without a goal involvement, and that's a very solid score for a defender here. Yeah, Uh, he's a big part of the reason that Palace is going to be an annoying team to play against, I think, for opposing attackers. Um, and, And on the side of the starters there, I know in the past... I've traditionally looked at Chelsea as a, ugh, you know, I, I don't really want to start my attackers against them because they've just always been known for having a stout defense. Mm-hmm. But I think in this transitionary period, you could definitely take advantage of some of these, um, I guess maybe not from waivers, but I, I would expect some more from these these Palace guys, I guess, in this matchup here. Um, yeah, I think there he, might still be some growing pains with Potter coming in. Exactly. He's going to be rotating pieces around, trying to figure out his it, best... A formation, yeah. B defensive lineup. Mm-hmm. So, uh, talking yeah. about the Chelsea side, uh, it looks like Mendy is he can maybe still is nursing an injury. Uh, we He's might projected see... to start still. Yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of these guys that are questionable are still projected to start. And like we said earlier, it's all really going to come down to the manager press conferences Thursday and Friday to see who's going to be playing and who's still going to be injured. Um, But as far as this one goes, thinking about who Graham Potter is likely to start of those starters, who are you looking to play in your fan tracks matchup this week? You're starting Reese James, regardless of his position at wing back or right center back. You're starting Sterling Mount, Obama Yang and Tiago Silva, I think, but you don't you wouldn't have to. I'd be okay if you sat Silva in this one to kinda protect yourself against that scenario we just mentioned of Chelsea maybe not starting so hot out of the gate with a new manager. Um, just maybe have some caution there. I maybe maybe don't start James and Silva or something like that. Maybe just start yeah. James for right now. <laughs> Keep your, your Chelsea defense exposure to uh, to a minimum but I, I don't think there's a whole lot of streamers in this one uh, I mean Havertz might start and he might be on your waiver wire but he hasn't given you a reason to start him and there's other guys like Ziyech Pulisic if they start fine you could do worse but they're not giving you the edge that you're looking for maybe out mm-hmm. of a streamer yeah, I mean, even players like Connor Gallagher, Jorginho. Oh, I'm not touching uh, them. Kovacic. I mean, all these guys are under 60% rostered, but I just, 
I don't see anything coming from their midfield. It seems like Potter's way of playing still comes mainly from the wings, similar yeah. to Tuchel's. You, you want to wait and see on those central guys. The only one I'd maybe consider is Conte as maybe a floor play. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them I couldn't be less interested in. Yeah, and I mean, I would even go as far as saying that Aubameyang might be a wait and see at this point. I, I would I'd feel, prefer to. I I would feel very uh, disheartened if he was my forward one in my lineup, starting him against Crystal Palace at Crystal Palace. So I, I just yeah. don't think that their goal scoring woes are turned around after two weeks and he hasn't even had his entire squad to manage so you don't have faith in Havertz repeating what he did against England (laughs) uh probably not I don't think Chelsea are as good as the uh Germany squad yeah but um yeah like you said I think Sterling and James are your must starts they're likely to play the wing back role um and we have a question here from Julio at JMoneyTaco on Twitter. Love the handle. What is Chelsea's starting lineup? And so I looked at it, and I think this might be the way that it goes. Um, I apologize in advance for anybody that owns Chilwell, but it's not looking good for you. So goalkeeper's a toss-up. If Mendy's healthy, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. If not, Kepa's going in goal. A lot of people say Kepa's going to be in goal regardless because he's better with his feet. Eh, I don't see it. Um, but then your back three is going to be Fofana, Silva, and Cucurella. And then you're going to have Reese James, Mason Mount, Jorginho, Kovacic, and Sterling as your midfield five. So Sterling's probably going to take up that left wing back role. And then you're going to have Aubameyang and Havertz as your front two, most likely, is what I'm projecting. Do you see anything different? I think that's the most likely lineup right there. I'm pretty sure that's pretty close to what Rotowire has or Fantasy Football Scout, the two places that we usually refer to for our lineups. Mm-hmm. All right, no changes there, so... I guess, Julio, if you're looking for something different, sorry to disappoint. If you're a Chilwell owner, better luck next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on here to Fulham, Newcastle. Newcastle is favored by .25 goals, and the over-under in this game is 2.5. Run us through the Fulham side. Who's injured? Who is starting? Are there any streamers available in this matchup? Right, so we've got Paulinha out with a suspension, which is significant for Fulham in that I think it really hurts their chances to uh, you know, win the ball back and transition from defense into attack. He's been pivotal for them. Mm-hmm. I believe he's got the most tackles in the league. Yep. So it's not really a it's not really important for fantasy purposes, at least for him as a player, but for that team as a whole, he's definitely an engine in that midfield for them. So I downgrade the team's chances to win a little bit, and it looks like the odds makers have as well, favoring Newcastle at negative 0.25, uh, despite the some of the injuries to Newcastle that we'll discuss in a little bit. We've also got Robinson, who's questionable but should probably play, 
And then one of note is uh, Harry Wilson, who's who's almost certainly out this game, but he actually posted something, I believe, on Instagram saying or alluding to him coming back soon. So if you haven't huh. gotten him off waivers, you got to grab him now. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're playing in a league that has an IR spot, definitely grab him and throw him in there. Yeah, he should have been on yesterday if you have an IR spot. <laughs> so, I mean, outside of Mitrovic, are you starting anybody from Fulham in this matchup? I'd be comfortable streaming Tete and Willian in this because we're not seeing that potency from Newcastle, which, again, we'll get to in a second, where they're going to completely dominate this game. I think Tate will have some chances to get forward. Uh, and I'd be okay starting Robinson as well, like we mentioned before. But coming off injury, hasn't ghosted especially well. He'd really just be a backup option for me. I think you can do better than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I the only thing I stay away from Fulham-wise is their average XG right now is right around 1. So they're likely to score a goal in the game. But, I mean, other than Mitrovic, who has six goals, their next highest goal scorer is Polina, who's suspended, and he has two. So I just – you're basically taking a gamble at if Mitrovic doesn't score – the player I pick up will. Uh, I yeah. just don't see the ghost point potential in that squad to stream, especially against Newcastle, other than maybe a defender. Because, I mean, for as good as we believe Newcastle to be or think they should be, they're just not winning matches right now. And they've drawn five of their last seven Premier League matches. That's insane. And guys that do score for them, namely Isak, ASM, Bruno G, Wilson, all are, at the minimum, questionable. Mm -hmm. Isak is out. So what are their chances of scoring in this one? Not fantastic, or they might put one or two away tops, but... It, it's anybody's guess who puts that away. If it's if Wilson starts, you're probably starting him. But he could come out early and get his minutes managed since he's got glass bones and paper skin, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their last two matchups, they played against Crystal Palace, 0-0 draw, and they played against Bournemouth. Not overly spectacular defenses, but they scored once against Bournemouth, drew that one 1-1, and it was a penalty. So I streamed Frazier last week thinking, oh, man, they're playing against Bournemouth. They're at home. They're going to tear them apart. This could be 4 nothing. We could see a route here. And holy shit, was I wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. It was terrible. Hey, desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> I mean, so other than... We have a laundry list of players that are questionable. Obviously, you're going to start the players that are questionable if they're playing. But, I mean, for me in this matchup, I'm really targeting the Newcastle defenders in this one. Like, yeah, they're unlikely to score, but you're going up against Mitrovic, who is the aerial king right now. And, I mean, Botman's, what, 6'4", 6'5"? If he starts, that's you get some aerial points there. Or, if it's Dan Byrne instead, he's, what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, he's going to get some aerials, too. I mean, are you looking at any other starters besides the few that 
I mean, Botman, Char, maybe. And then obviously you're going to start your target in Trippier. But other than that, does anybody else excite you? You got to start your, you know, you know, your must starts like ASM and Wilson and Bruno Kimmerish. If they start other than them, you could start Willock. You could get a, you could get away with that. Almarone, Meggie, you know, he doesn't really excite me, but you could get away with it as well. None of them I would suggest starting other than their back four and the guys who you know you're starting already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, if if I'm placing a bet this weekend, I'm taking this under 2.5. I think this one could easily be one nothing. I could see it being 0-0. This could be a pretty tight game. And now that I say that, it's probably going to end 4-3. But, <laughs> I, I mean... Do you think this goes any other way? I think this one's looking like a low-scoring affair to me. I'd All take right. the under. <laughs> yeah, so let's stream those defenders, shall we? All right, next game up, Liverpool-Brighton. Liverpool favored by one and a half goals, and the over-under is three. Uh, Liverpool are at home, but just as a note before we even touch on this, I don't love this fixture if I'm targeting it this weekend. I, I It could be a really close game. I have no idea what to expect from Brighton and their new boss. Um, Liverpool still don't seem like they have everything figured out. But, I mean, let's start with the Liverpool side. Injuries of note. Henderson, uh, he's listed as questionable, but he was fit enough to make the bench against Germany. Uh, Robertson's questionable. He's unlikely to play in this game. Uh, last time we got an update, I think Klopp said, and he's definitely going to have to wait till the international break is over to really see if he's fit. Um, but coming into this matchup, give us the starters for Liverpool's squad. So... You've got Salah Diaz Jota up top, or Nunez if Nunez starts up top as well. But I know Jota's been playing decently, looked good in the Champions League game that happened before the international break. And I personally think you can stream, start, stream any of their defenders. So if you snag Matip back off waivers, if somebody dropped him, fire him up. Simikas, if he starts, you have to fire him up. He's basically an arbitrage version of Robertson Mm -hmm. and maybe even gets forward a bit more. So definitely fire him up. Arthur, I would prefer to take a wait and see approach on. And I think really the rest of their midfield, I'd prefer to wait on unless Tiago were able to sneak in there. Yeah. I, I just, that midfield doesn't excite me at all. Really? No. Good in real life, bad for fantasy. Exactly. Yeah, you're looking at maybe five to six points max if they yeah. don't get involved in a goal, which, I mean, mm-hmm. it's Liverpool. They could score six goals any game week. Yeah. So um, as for the Brighton side, there's no really injury concerns there. Um, but with the new manager coming into town, has that really changed your outlook on who you're starting or may consider streaming from this side? It makes me more hesitant to start anybody uh, just because where we saw Brighton operating before was probably at peak Brighton level. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's only down from there. And I would just really be hesitant to start anyone in such a difficult game against Liverpool who is getting one, well, their center back back and they lost their left back. But I think it's a net increase in terms of uh, their defensive capabilities. So there's not a lot of upside from these Brighton attackers and midfielders, uh, at least not as much as there was before. I don't think it's I don't think it's the worst matchup in the world. Obviously, we've seen Liverpool be susceptible more so this season than in the past. So you're going to start your Trossard, your Gross, March, and McAllister, who has been lighting it up. Yeah. I think you could I think you could stream Caicedo. You know this this has the potential to be a game where they don't see as much possession as they'd like to, but. He's a pretty good box-to-box option and is a decent floor play. I wouldn't expect a whole lot from him. And then is Stupinon, you're banking on him being able to get forward, but I don't think that Brighton is going to have a ton of chances to get their wing backs forward, assuming they even start with a back five. If they start with a back four, I want no part of him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Brighton are a conundrum right now. I think everybody's feeling it in the Fantrax and draft community. Um, they're currently sitting fourth in the table. They've lost one game. And a new manager, a new system. What is your outlook on Brighton assets going forward? Are you one that is holding on to them? Let's wait and see. Um, obviously, this is not the greatest matchup in the world to dictate how they will be moving forward. Um, but, or are you on the flip side of it? Uh, you want to trade them out as fast as possible. Their uh, value has never been higher than it is right this second. Um, what are you thinking? I, I actually think their value was high I mean their value was higher before when they had Potter. I think there's there's two schools of thought with people that a new manager could I mean people always expect new great things and systems when managers come in, but I think if you're realistically looking at this, there's like I said, there's only downside here. And I've spoken with a few different managers of players that own or of managers that own Brighton assets. And I think the mood is generally negative. Mm-hmm. Not not like down in the dumps, got to get all of them out quick on a fire sale. But I don't think you're going to get a great return on them. So I would probably hold them for now. And it'd be awesome if they did do something against Liverpool because then you could really talk people into the Brighton hype train. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Someone like Pascal Gross, who's ranked 11th overall in Fantrax scoring, and, I mean, it would be hard for you to trade him out one for one with another first or second round midfielder right now. That's just the way that people are thinking around this Brighton squad right now, or am I wrong? Uh, I think it all depends on the manager. There's... When a new manager comes in, there, that is a real football manager, not 
not us fantasy managers. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of variance. You're inviting variance anytime you have a new coach come in. And in mm-hmm. this scenario, when you have the team operating like they were, I think it only can trend down. Um, but I, I do. I have, I have heard of people being high on Brighton assets. And to those people, I would try to ship out my Brighton assets. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on here. So, game of the weekend, I think. Southampton, oh, yeah. Everton. <laughs> Although, our once and future king, uh, Nathan Patterson, out injured. It's, uh, Only for six weeks, I hear. Only for six sad, weeks. Sad, sad day. But he should be back after the World Cup. <laughs> Southampton's favored here by .25, uh, over-under sitting at 2.5. It uh, looks like they're probably only favored because they are the home team. Um, I mean, Southampton-wise, injuries to note. I I didn't see any. Were there any on your radar that you think could be something to look forward? Now, it's funny. When I was actually making this portion of the show sheet, I was wondering the same thing, and I ended up just putting out all my starts that I saw that were in the starting lineup for this week and was like, <laughs> even if people are injured, I don't really care about them because yeah. there's not that many guys on Southampton I am too interested in right now. You're yeah. starting JWP and Che Adams, and I'm comfortable streaming uh, some of that defense with Perot, Bella Kochap, and KWP potentially. Um, I have a little disclaimer, actually, where if DCL is out, I would be much more comfortable starting him. Yeah. Um, I would lean Perud over KWP based off the fact that Patterson was, I mean, pretty damn solid on that right-hand side. Now you have Seamus Coleman coming in, who has been good in the past, but the years are catching up to him. I think they, they, they caught up. It's it's no yeah. longer in the present tense. Yeah. Whereas KWP is going up against Mylenko, who again is pretty solid defensively. He won't mm-hmm. allow Walker Peters to get forward as much. So I think his uh, ghost points probably decline in this matchup, but there's a pretty good chance at a clean sheet for any of the defenders on either side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, switching to the Everton team, I mean, we talked about the Patterson injury. Uh, has there been news on Calvert-Lewin? So, that's a good question, actually. Um, it looks like he's not slated to start right now, although I wonder if part of that is just because, I mean, he's – it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf on a weekly basis. It's like it was kind of the same thing last year, where oh he's coming back, oh he's coming back, oh no setback, this and that. <laughs> so I guess most people aren't going to believe it until he's actually in there in the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a chance he starts. I mean, he almost made the squad before the international break. Two weeks later, you'd think there's a chance that he, you'd, you'd think he makes the team. But mm-hmm. you think there's a chance he makes a starting 11 there. Maybe Frank was like, okay, if I hold him out two more weeks, then I can start him as opposed to giving him a couple of minutes in this game and then potentially risking an injury. Yeah. Because he's another guy, you know, glass bones, paper skin. He just cannot <laughs> stay healthy. It's crazy. It's absurd. Um, 
outside of the injuries, I mean, who are you looking to start on this Everton squad going up against Southampton? So even though his minutes might be limited, if he starts, the aforementioned DCL needs to be in your lineup, along with Gray, Gordon, Iwobi, and Tarkowski. Uh, I would not be looking to start any of their defenders other than Tarkowski, especially Coleman. Do not fall into the trap of what he once was. I know you can pull up the stats and go back seven years and see how well he did, but uh, it's 2022 now and we need to move on. Yeah, Um, I would agree. You can get away with streaming McNeil, I think, as more of an upside play. And then if you're looking to maybe go for more of a floor play, look for uh, Onana, what's my name? (laughs) Yeah, you want a solid six, seven points. I mean, there's also goal potential there. I mean, the dude is what? He's an aerial threat. He's what, six foot foot 12? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Plus or minus seven inches. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean this game, I don't, I don't foresee to be very high scoring. Um, I think it's it's one of those games where both teams are looking at it as a must win, and usually when that happens, it's a one nothing or one one draw. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. So, moving on to the next one here, we've got West Ham and Wolves. Um, neither team can score, so this will be fun. West Ham sitting at a minus 0.5 goal favorite um and the over under on this one is 2.25 that dreaded 0.25 mm-hmm. uh west ham injury updates um i've got nothing here i think they've got pretty much everyone back now um yeah, Cornet might be a doubt i think i saw a red flag next to his name but was he ever really getting in that starting lineup <laughs> yeah it looked like he was just fresh legs in the 80th minute so um, yeah, I don't know about that one anymore. What are you are you dropping him? Uh, I would have dropped him weeks ago. <laughs> Fair enough. So, other than that, who are you looking to start on this West Ham side? Uh, you're starting Bowen and Paqueta, but I'm not excited about really anybody on West Ham in this game. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that you're starting out of necessity. Maybe Bowen more than Paqueta because you would have gotten him in free agency or through the waiver wire or whatever. But, again, I mean, Wolves is one of the best defensive squads in the league. So, there's not a lot of goal upside here. It's the lowest over-under of the entire weekend, if I'm not mistaken, at 2.25. Yeah. And West Ham could easily come out of this with a one nothing win, 1-1 tie, 0-0 tie. I mean, this game is going to be... It's going to be pretty horrible. I don't know if anyone watches NFL, but it'll. I feel like it's going to remind me of watching like the Chicago versus the Texans game. You know, just oh, two complete, yeah. just two garbage just offenses. Atrocious, yeah. And <laughs> I know that game. I guess scored a few points, but I don't see this one being. I don't see this one being a, a high-scoring affair. So don't have a lot of faith in any attackers, really. Uh, but that. Also, on the flip side, transition means it's good to stream some of those defenders. You could get away with streaming your Emerson and your Zuma, even though they haven't really shown you a whole lot yet. Um, And you can get away with four nows. You probably have them on your squad already. It wouldn't be off waivers, though. I saw him on my waivers a week or two ago in my league. Uh, 
just just don't expect the world. He's probably not that far off from Onana in terms yeah. of points. So yeah. I mean that provides here's, context. Here's a little stats bomb for you. Kurt Zuma is outscoring Jared Bowen and Ben Rama. Not by much. He's outscoring ben Bowen by point two and Ben Rama by two point five. So, so I think what you're saying is you should trade out Bowen for Zuma immediately. I'm thinking so. There's an upside play to be had there. <laughs> <laughs> no, highly suggest not doing that. But just saying Zuma, I mean, he ghosts well. I mean, I think he's at about, what, eight ghost points per game right now. And they don't keep clean sheets. He's at 7.1, which isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um very but, viable streamer here. He is he is one of those high upside streamers for the week. Yeah, because he can definitely grab a goal too. I could see him scoring the lone goal that wins this game for West Ham one nothing. It's just like Absolutely. one of those games where a defender is probably going to score because neither of the like offensive players can. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so switching to Wolves, uh, Nathan Collins isn't injured, but uh, for his flying. Ch- uh, kick to the chest on uh, Graylish. He's out for a couple games. Mm-hmm. So who's come into that spot there? Yeah, so it's gonna be either Toti or Mosquera from most reports within Wolves. I think most Wolves insiders actually lean toward Toti. Does it matter? Probably not. Like we said, there's not going to be a lot of goals in this game, so I guess that could translate into some more work for the center backs because it should be pretty easy to thwart either of these attacks as they're pretty uninspiring. So Mm -hmm. they could get some interceptions. Uh, There could be lots of crosses since they aren't able to build up a whole lot. But I'd be looking more at starting a guy like Ai Nori who may or may not have been dropped in your league, I'm not quite sure, or whoever's on the other side. I'd I'd pray that it's Semedo because he's definitely going to score better as an attacking asset, but you can get away with Johnny as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kilman as well, I think, since Nathan Collins is out, he'll take command of that center back role and organize things. So he might get some more of those aerials that uh, Nathan Collins kind of snags from him by just being the tree that he is yeah especially going up against whether it's going to be antonio or skamaka there's definitely aerials to be had there i mean eight nuri was an interesting one because he was very highly rated coming into the draft and right now he's sitting at about 67 percent rostered so people weren't very happy especially with the own goal but i mean those do anger owners yeah a lot of the (laughs) the points that they're scoring defensively are clean sheets there's not a whole lot of ghosting and there's no attacking returns right now so it's really dropped um their upside uh i mean is there anyone you're looking to stream outside of samato johnny kilman i mean is anybody in that midfield worth picking up no you could you could start mutinho as a worst case backup but that's all he is. Yeah. And then obviously you're starting, well, 
maybe not obviously you're, you're starting the front three probably i think in order of nato guedes podence and do not start diego costa or wang he chan please for, <laughs> for me don't do it yeah that'll be uh i'd love to see costa come back and play and do really oh, I would well too. but i just don't see that happening all right, uh, that's two very boring games in a yeah. row. So let's move on to Sunday. I mean, Sunday fun day. You get the Manchester Derby. City, United. City favored by a goal and a half. And the over-under is 3.25. So it looks like there's goals to be had in this game. Um, City, the home team, it's looking like they're going to be without John Stones. So Kanji's back in play. Uh, him is Ake fit? I can't remember if he's fit or not. He's not slated to start right now, but it's just because they're starting Diaz and Akanji most likely. Okay. Um, talk us through. I mean, is there anybody on this city squad you're not starting? I actually wouldn't start uh, a defender on City unless their name is Joe Concello. Yeah, that's you're actually starting. A good you're shout. starting Ederson, but. I mean, this isn't the same Manchester United that we saw at the beginning of the season that's unable to get a goal. This Man United team is going to press hard, uh, and I, I think that they're going to get a goal or two. I mean, you look at this line of 3.25. It's the mm-hmm. highest on the slate. I know City's favored by minus 1.5, which I think is really kind of disrespectful to Man United, not that they don't deserve it, but... <laughs> I think that there's goals in this one, and it should be a tight affair. I don't see City scraping by this one more than a goal ahead of United, unless it's like a United pushing all their guys forward at the very end and they concede a stupid goal. Like I think that they're going to stay in this game for the most part, mm-hmm. even if it's a comeback like they uh, have been doing the past couple of years. Yeah, this matchup's always funny, too, because a lot of people just look at City and they think that they've run the table on United over the last few years but i mean in their last five matchups each team has won twice and they've drawn once so this really just could go either way um we saw manchester united against arsenal um really take the game to them uh yeah and then that liverpool result as well they they show up in big games i mean hell their last what was it four games i think they've allowed two goals and that was against arsenal and liverpool each scoring one um so uh, from the united front uh, it looks like rashford might be questionable might have a little niggle um martial i don't think he's slated to come back into this squad just yet um but who are you looking to start on this united squad so we don't quite know yet what that starting lineup's going to look like. It's definitely got a lot of variance given the injury to Rashford as well as Martial. Uh, and I would think as a coaching decision, they'd be looking for energy up top in this game because the way Man City possesses the ball, I just see Ronaldo giving up. I know, I know, you know some truthers will say, Oh, he really does press. He does to the best of his ability, but he cannot match the energy that any of those other guys have, um, yeah. really. So 
I would think that if Rashford's healthy, he's going to get the start up top. And then you're going to see Ronaldo, Martial, maybe someone else come off the bench. Who I'd be comfortable starting, though, is really only Erickson, Bruno, and Dallow. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because of kind of what I just mentioned. It's their industrious nature. I mean, Dallow is able to play both sides of the ball pretty well. And he'll, I think, make up for with ghost points any goals that City are going to put in on them. He's also really one of the best defenders to own in fantasy right now. So if you just took his name off of his jersey from maybe prior seasons, even though he wasn't bad, but just if you just forgot that he's a Man United wingback who <laughs> haven't always been that great, yeah, I think he's he's a must start here. He's not a high upside start, but you're rolling him out there because he's going to be better than any of the streamers that we've mentioned or will be mentioning today. And yeah. I, I'd be comfortable streaming actually McTominay if he's on huh. waivers. I know it might yeah it might be a hot take, but uh, he should be kept busy in there within that midfield. Uh, yeah, he'll have defense. to make a lot of so tackles. You want you want if you're streaming a CDM, you want to see the other team coming at them, and as long as you know, as long as he puts in a, sh- I, mean, I guess who knows if he's going to put in that shift. But th- this <laughs> is this is it has to be noted. This is one of the later games, so keep that context in mind when I say stream. I would not wait to start your McTominay if you have somebody earlier i yeah, would prefer I think... a caicedo actually against liverpool probably but i'm comfortable streaming mctominay for i mean no other reason that i think he'll be busy and he's the only one that's going to be really available on this team yeah i well i agree in the fact that i wouldn't wait to stream mctominay i don't know if i agree in the fact of streaming mctominay but i mean if he's the only one you have available go for it but like you said i would probably either a pick an easier matchup to stream from or b stream somebody from an earlier matchup uh rather than wait and rely on mctominay Mm -hmm. um when it comes to dallow he is defender one he is ghosting 12 points a game right now he is so involved in every aspect of everything united does he is honestly second only behind kevin de bruyne in ghosting right now which is absurd so i think yes man city are likely to score but Dallow still gives you eight to ten points ghost and he is honestly likely to contribute to a goal if united do score in this game um and we've seen city's defense open in the back before uh especially with uh Dello on that right hand side He'll be going up against Cancelo, who likes to roam a little bit. Doesn't get the cover that he probably should in that left-back position if he is allowed to roam around the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I like that play a lot. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see who the front, I guess, three are going to be for United. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say it explicitly, but I would really be looking to bench any of their front three if I can, if I can afford to. I'm... I know I said there's goals in this one, so I might be contradicting myself a little bit here, but we don't really know who's going to score the goals here, and I think that could be all you really see from them. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if they're going to touch the ball enough to be super involved. Sancho hasn't ghosted it super well, even though he seems like he's coming good, sort of. 
Rashford, I think, out of the three, I'd be happiest to start since he's got the highest likelihood of grabbing the goal if he plays, but his limits might be his minutes might be limited. And Anthony's brand new. He had one game. He scored one goal. Great, but this is Manchester City, so yeah. I think we want to wait and see a little bit here. Different animal. I could honestly see a score similar to. Erickson's score against Arsenal for any of these attackers where he had 11 points and one of those was an assist mm-hmm. of those points one was an assist so I mean just, I don't think there's a whole lot of points available to the United attackers but um, they're likely to score but I just couldn't tell you who will score <laughs> it's hard yeah. to bank on who's going to score in that game exactly and if it wasn't already mentioned uh, anybody any midfielder or forward on Manchester City, just just start them. Yeah, yeah, those those are no brainers. Whether, I mean, doesn't matter about Pep Roulette. If you have a City attacker that's starting, you put him in your lineup right away. All right. So moving on from there, uh, I know it's hard to move on from that game, but we've got Leeds and Aston Villa. Uh, the over-under in this one is 2.75, and there is no favorite in this matchup. So run us through the injuries for Leeds real, real quick. Um, do they really have any standout injuries, or are a lot of their players back in contention? I think everybody should be healthy for this game. Uh, whether they start or not is another story, but mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I think Jesse Marshall will be excited to finally have a whole squad of players at his disposal, and I could see him starting both Cooper and Bamford in this game, and potentially Christensen, but I know Luke Ayling is serviceable in in his absence, so we shall see. As to whether I'm looking to start them, uh, I wouldn't start Christensen if he returns, but definitely Bamford and Cooper. And on top of them, I'm looking at Aronson, Sinistera, and Harrison to also be locked and loaded starters in this game. It's definitely got some goals on it. I actually think it could be one of the more exciting games of the weekend mm-hmm. at an over-under of 2.75, so slightly above average, just like my guy Strike, who is kind of just above average as a streamer. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is another one of those games similar to the Everton-Southampton game where it's, it's both managers are going to be coming into this looking at, at it as a must-win. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more open because Leeds are a bit more of a frantic team. <laughs> they score, uh, but they don't defend overly well. Um, and it almost seems like Villa are having a hard time scoring. Um, and they just they just don't keep clean sheets, so they're likely to leak at least one goal. Um, I do like the midfielders and forward assets for both sides in this matchup, um, but again, this is one of those games where if you don't have an automatic starter for either of these sides, especially if you have Cooper, Bamford, um, somebody that's returning from injury, it's hard to... Uh, keep them in your lineup it's the second to last game being played so you have to kind of take that into your mindset of all right do I roster Cooper do I start him and then what if I have no other options on my bench Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I think any of the streamers really that we're mentioning from here on out are probably going to be in the category of, okay, you're not planning to stream them unless you're a psycho, but <laughs> they're there if you need them and we'll provide them as such. We yeah. won't be happy, but we're going to give them to you. Yeah, I think these are your punts of the weekend for sure. Yes. Um, so switching to the Aston Villa side, who are you looking at as far as start-wise? Do they have injury concerns right now? Yeah, Matty Cash is uh, not projected to play this game, at least via Roto-Wire. And Digne is also out, I believe, a leg injury. I think it's a pretty long one, too. So you're going to have two outside backs that I mean you've got Augustinson coming in at left back who has not started the single game <laughs> and you've got Ashley Young who is you know steps away from the retirement home so I don't I'm not looking to start any of these defenders I'm not expecting a clean sheet the over under tells you that don't start any of these defenders do yourself a favor they are all complete backup options to like if, if it's between starting a Villa and defender and a Nottingham Forest defender, I would probably start the Villa defender Oof. if faced with that disgusting decision. But I could maybe be tempted into a Nico Williams even later on. But regardless, yeah. they're 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 not. Do not target them. They are break glass in a cases of emergency type plays. Yeah, I mean. Cash and Digne are interesting players right now. It looks like Digne may have a stress fracture. So, I mean, that's multiple weeks injury, if that's true. You'd think Matty he's Cash, out until after the World Cup. Man, that really sucks for him. I feel bad for him because it feels like he has one of these injuries every season. Mm-hmm. But, or Tommy I mean, Ake. <laughs> if you're a Matty Cash owner right now, you have to be furious. I mean, I would have dropped him by now i drafted him but i traded him out a long time ago i mm-hmm. kind of saw the writing on the wall after the first two games but he's not scoring well when he's in the squad and now he's injured and it's just yeah are you holding the injuries, on to him at all the injuries letting you off the hook here uh i actually have rostered him the past two years since he came into the premier league and mm-hmm. absolutely love the guy also has a sick name and his hair is pretty sick but as far as what happens on the pitch that's earning you fantasy points it's just not there just yeah just part ways with him you know i don't think anyone will probably pick him up because you're the only one who's going to value him that much and if someone else does well he can rot away on their bench until the day that he eventually comes back and scores two points for you yeah Agreed. Well, just to reiterate the fact so that everybody knows, I would not come into this game with Villa assets up top expecting them to start. I mean, we've seen any of the likes of Coutinho, Bailey, Buendia, uh, Watkins, Ings, all of them have been benched at least once. So with this being the second to last game on the slate, I it's hard to say I would look somewhere else, but... Are you comfortable not starting any of these players on your roster? If you got to this point where they are starting and you can start them, I don't see a way you avoid it. And as much as I hate Ings this week, 
Leeds are prone to goals. I know they have Liam Cooper back, so their chances of scoring are maybe a little lower, but you can fire any of those attackers up. Just mm-hmm. I would go in the order of Watkins, Coutinho, Bailey, Buendia, then Ings. Gotcha. Fair enough. All right, let's get to the last game of the week, or weekend, I guess, even though it's played on a Monday. Oh, well. Leicester, bottom of the table, Leicester. Wow. I mean, they are, what, minus 12 goal differential. They've given up 22 goals in seven games. That's absurd. But they get to take on Nottingham Forest, who aren't much better. Leicester favored by .75 goals in this one, and the over-under on this one is 2.75. So it looks like there's expected to be goals, obviously, when both defenses are terrible, but no injury updates on these guys, either team. Who? Let's start with the Leicester squad. Who are you looking to start in this one? I'm expecting Barnes, Madison, and Telemans to all start, uh, and you could also probably roll KDH out there even though he hasn't scored fantastically. I'm comfortable streaming James Justin. I'm probably going to have to label myself a James Justin truther. <laughs> I think he looks pretty good out there, and he ghosts well. The one thing to note for this game that I actually came across today was from Jordan Blackwell, the athletic. He said that Rodgers is considering a change at goalkeeper by putting Iverson in there. Mm-hmm. who has gotten plenty of experience. He's not like a super, super young keeper. He really can only improve things from Ward, who has been underperforming his XG, or I guess depending. XGA. Yeah, XGA. He's overperforming yeah. his XG. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, been letting way too many goals in, and I know it's the the whole defense is, you know, they're yeah. they're culpable for that blah 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 but he he anyone who's watching and knows anything about the game of soccer or football or whatever you want to call it has, knows he's he's complete garbage so if that oh, cha- if that changes out then i have a little bit more faith in james justin um as a as a i mean he's a guy you probably already roster so you could probably roll him out there and you know he's going to start so you can feel good about that but yeah, I'd worry I mean, a little bit about the strikers in this game because as a DACA owner, I don't know if he's going to start here since Vardy's had a good chunk of rest. He could get he could get a start here. So I wouldn't roll in this game just, you know, expecting DACA to start against some measly Nottingham Forest team. He'll probably sub in at least, right? Mm-hmm. So worst case scenario, he gets 20, 30 minutes out there and could definitely score but don't expect him to yeah i think my stream of the weekend is james justin i know it's gutsy with it being the last game in the game week but i mean hell tottenham scored six goals against this team and he still scored 4.5 points so he's i mean one was a fan tracks assist, but that's true. Some of them are fan tracks. That's true, but still, I mean, that's minus twelve points against you. Yeah, and it's still four point five points, and you're going up against one mm-hmm. of the worst defenses in the league. Um, I mean, there are worse plays this weekend, I would say. 
yeah uh, he's he's one of the better ones at weathering that storm that's going on in the Leicester defense and he's a reliable starter so if you had to rank let's say in order of who you believe is going to start up top between Daka, Inacho, and Vardy how do you rank that I think it's 50-50 between Daka and Vardy, personally. And then Iheanacho is just an afterthought? Yeah, I guess you could say... I guess you could say 50-49 Vardy, and then Iheanacho's <laughs> got that 1% change. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. On the Nottingham Forest side, um, again, not many injuries to update you on, but are you looking to start anybody on this team? They just don't yeah. look great right now. I actually like Dennis. Uh, if he starts, you never know. They, they'll rotate those guys. And it's no guarantee. I mean, that he's another guy toward the end of this game week. If you really need a starter, you pick him up in case he starts. Otherwise, there's Awoni and Brennan Johnson, who may or may not be owned. They're okay, again, in context of this being the last game. And Nico Williams is probably in the same similar tier of defender as James Justin is to me. But since Lester's favored here, you have to dock him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess streamers overall here, I I guess it'd be interesting to hear your input. But I kind of labeled these guys uh, as my Wilsons of the week referring to the volleyball, the famous volleyball from Castaway. <laughs> uh, Lodi and Castagna. I mean, these guys are probably going to be on waivers. And if you ran out of guys, you ran out of defenders, which we sometimes do because it's probably the most streamed position, mm-hmm. you could end up painting a face on them and acting like they're your best friend for the week Well you probably toss him away the next. So, Yeah, I mean, with it being the last game in the game week, if you're, I mean, it, this is like a, you need those five, six points to win your matchup and you have no one else to turn to. I mean, exactly. screw it, I'm in. You're, you're crazed if, if you turn to them, but yeah. you might not have anyone else. You might just be alone on an island and your saving grace is to talk to your, Lodi or your Castagna and help they'll bring you home. Yep. Well, that wraps up all our fixtures for this game week. Uh, we do have a couple Twitter questions, but uh, I want to start with these ones first because they are pertaining to this matchup. Uh, Thor Sveinsen, hope I'm saying that correctly. Sorry, Thor, if I butchered it, but am I starting Harvey Barnes this week? Am I keeping Harvey Barnes? Did the aliens from Space Jam steal his powers? Yes, yes, they did. But I think I'm starting him yeses. this week. Yes, yes, I'm yeah. starting him this week. Yeah. Yes, I'm keeping Harvey Barnes. Yes, the aliens from Space Jam stole his powers. But coming in, coming up against Nottingham Forest, I believe that he will get those powers back. Yeah, uh, I'm expecting it's about, it's a pretty big game from him. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's. Uh, a game that uh, he gets back to his old self. Mm-hmm. And, and don't confuse that with like 25 points or anything, but if he gets 10 here, it's like, oh, yay, he's alive. He has a pulse. 
Yeah, if he double digits without a uh, goal contribution, uh, mm-hmm. 100% will say he's back. Yeah. Are we going to ignore a Dutch Cowboys question? Uh, no, we'll get to it. I just wanted to touch on these two because they were pertaining to this specific matchup. Okay, fantastic. But we have one more here from the FPL boss. Would you rather have Daka or Vardy at this point? And is Vardy even worth rostering? I think we covered that a little bit, but... Yeah, they're both... They're both... Uh, I mean, I said they're both pretty much 50-50 to start this game from what most of the predicted lineups have. So... Maybe that's not the question. The Between the two of them, I would rather have Daka. I agree. But I think you still have to hold on to Vardy for just a little bit longer. Yeah. Maybe. maybe I mean, the World Cup really is going to provide people, I think, a decent chance to hold their players until. Um, because I, I think it's a good kind of line in the sand you can draw. Right mm-hmm. when the game weeks just keep flowing and you've got Sunday game, then a Wednesday game, then a Saturday game, you're like short game week, he might start. It gives you hope. But if he does if they don't start in these next few game weeks and there's all that time for I mean Doc is gonna be resting because he's not playing, you can probably just drop Vardy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think Daka's kind of been the one that looks more um at odds to score. He looks more involved than Vardy has recently. He's the so future. He's yeah, the future I, think, team. I think Vardy's dropped down a peg and might be that rotational piece. So I agree. I would look at keeping mm-hmm. Daka over Vardy if you had to make the decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's jump back into the other questions here. Uh, from Dutch Cowboy on Twitter. Awesome name. I love it. Mm-hmm. How do I stop players on my bench from scoring more than the players not on my bench? By listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, I actually have, I've had this problem in the past, but I haven't had this problem yet this season. I guess that's probably a good thing, but I had, maybe it's because the players on my bench are absolutely terrible and they don't score well at all. They're just rotational pieces that if they get a start that I'm looking to, they're mm-hmm. what I would call my high upside plays. I keep them, keep one in the chamber just in case they get a start. Um, someone like Damsgaard who shows that he can play, but when is he going to get the chance to play? Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's, yeah. Like you mentioned, listen to this podcast. Yeah, a good way to stop your players <laughs> from your bench from scoring more than players not on your bench is to make the players that you're starting score more than the players that you're benching. If you want to flip that one around. So, yeah, yeah. So, or you could just not have any players on your bench. Just fucking drop them all. Yeah. Then they can't score more than your. Well, I mean, they still can score, but you at least won't really be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think we answered that one spot on. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way you can answer that one, I guess. Uh, this one's from No One, which also a great name. And naming some fringe players, do you need to be rostering CR7 or Julian Alvarez in a 10-man league, especially when your matchup is on the line? Hashtag asking for a friend, which makes me think you're not asking for a friend. It could be anyone, really. <laughs> It's true. No one asked. So how do we know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, yes, I roster CR7 in one league. Mm -hmm. Do I love it? No. But I think you're in the same boat. Into the faith of, we're, we're both inculcated into the faith of CR7 right now, is yeah. what I'm hearing. Um, and then Alvarez, you've seen what he can do when he starts. So, again, he's one of those high upside players that I think you just have to keep on your roster for when he does get his chance because he has shown that he can win you a game week. Yeah, I I think... I, I would person you can't drop CR7. I personally roster Holland and have had a couple opportunities to pick up Julian Alvarez and I've actually turned it down. <laughs> uh, I think in a 10 man league, you can get away with not rostering him because the replacement value on the waiver wire is going to be decent enough where, okay, that one matchup that he starts, which might not even be for Holland. Mm-hmm. I guess you got to consider who he's replacement for as a forward. Yeah. But I, I think you can find somebody who's going to be able to somewhat replicate his production. I don't think he's going to score as well as he has in his spot start. I think – has he only had one so far? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not a lock to go a full game. You're getting just – I guess if you have him – and he starts, you're banking on 65 minutes in a city offense, which itself is a good thing, but how many how many games are you going to waste to not picking up other guys who could potentially be longer-term holds instead of spot starts? I just yeah. don't see enough starts for him. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. I agree. All right, we have another one who's asking for a friend. Allison Wonderland. Dan, how you doing? Thanks for the trades, buddy. Um, him and I have made quite a few trades so far in the Genie League. Um, and it's a good question to ask. How do you treat trade addiction? He's also asking for a friend. Man, everyone's got a lot of friends out here. I do. I don't know how you have so many friends when you have so much time invested in the fan tracks. But, I mean, I surely good don't. for you. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you treat trade addiction, Zach? It's it's a very, very severe disease. And... <laughs> it's it's onset can be slow you know it 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 slowly wears away at you as you have players that are underperforming week after week until you reach a breaking point where shits have been lost and i think at that point you really just need to take a step back and critically look at your team and and give your maybe you get you get yourself out of a couple of your guys or Maybe you got guys you really like trading on highs, but I think you gotta maintain some roster stability because it's it's pretty dangerous to be addicted to trading, or you're gonna have just these crazy lineup decisions on a week to week basis that you're not gonna you're not gonna understand the context of. Like when you keep swapping players out, you forget what their history is. Mm-hmm. It's it, knowing your team is an advantage. So yeah. I guess try to. I guess that's a reason to not get trade addicted, right? Because I, I think you lose touch with what you even have in your team. You can move on from guys more willy-nilly because you're less attached to them. And slowly you can be left with a team of streamers, you know? So I think to there's not really a way to treat it necessarily. It's unfortunately not super curable, but... There's no ointment for this one. No, there's not. It's just understand <laughs> the implications of 
constantly shifting your team around. It's more than just, you know, it's not, we're not playing, we're not playing the stock market right now. You know, some people do more than others, but I, yeah, I think it's trying to find that. Yeah. You got to find that balance between, especially if you're one that wants to stay active and you find trading like really fun aspect of the game, which I do myself. It's like a little bit of a gamble, but uh, you find that happy medium between addiction and aversion. Mm-hmm. And once or twice every five, six game weeks isn't going to kill you. But if you're, mm-hmm. like you said, constantly churning out players after every game week, it gets really hard to create that stability. Yeah, you're constantly spending time looking at trading new players in and getting rid of your deadwood, but. At the same time, what are you not doing? I mean, thinking about who you should be sitting or starting, which frankly matters more than the marginal increase you could potentially get from a trade. Or you could be picking up guys for completely free off waiver wires for those guys that are complete garbage that you're probably trying to shove down someone else's throat involuntarily. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not, it's not always worth it. So just... Just know that before you get addicted to such a dangerous activity. Agreed. Last question here from Adam Murphy on Twitter at Chelsea Blues twenty four X. Actually, Adam had a really really solid uh, Twitter thread over the week, um, going through uh, every Premier League team. Um, so definitely check that out. But him and I were actually chatting back and forth earlier today about Sun. And he asked, the thing with Sun is you're never benching him, rain or shine, poor form or good. The question I have for Sun owners is if he buries three goals in three games or shows solid ghost floor, is he a hold the rest of the season or is he a trade up and out? How do you feel about this one, Zach? I mean, I agree. If if you have him, you can't bench him. And some might even argue that if he's on the bench, he could even still be a start in the right matchup. But look at last game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get a hat trick off the bench. I mean, it's 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 Lester, so it's true. That that's the <laughs> that's the the word of caution. But but is, if you remember in the last podcast we did together covering that game week, I'm pretty sure I said if Sun's on the bench, you're still starting him. Yes, it was a it was a I fucking nailed it. It was an interesting game week, to say the least. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I will give you kudos. You can take your, your victory lap on that one. I'm 1 for 12. I'm not keeping yes. track, but I'm guessing. Just keep track of your winners. They're all that matter. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you're starting them week in and week out regardless. But are you holding on to him the rest of the season knowing damn well you drafted him in the top five? Or if he has another solid game week, are you looking to trade up for him? How do you trade up for someone that you drafted so highly or does draft uh, position kind of just go out the window at this point? Yeah, that's where these top five picks get really hairy when you talk about trading in or out is what are you getting? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's obviously these edge cases on the spectrum of people selling them for pennies on the dollar or people that are selling them to hopeful people that think they're buying low but are really just buying them at his draft cost Mm -hmm. so on either side of the spectrum i mean yes if someone's selling them low i'm willing to buy low and if someone's 
going to pay me, you know, a dollar fifty on his price, then sure I'll do it. But I don't think there's I don't think there's a unique advantage to trading him out at his existing cost or price, however you want to phrase it. I don't think there's some edge that can be gained by any recent knowledge. I think you just keep the faith for the reason you drafted him. Mm-hmm. It's only been a fourth of the season, not even. Yeah. So. And I mean, he scored. He patience. scored. Five goals in his last three great games. Granted, two of those wow. were international games, but a bit loaded given the the Leicester game. But yeah, but but at least his confidence is back, and you saw yes, him getting you... into good positions. You saw his attacking mm-hmm. metrics were still solid. He was just mm-hmm. hitting the woodwork and putting the ball wide. He just wasn't hitting the target. Yeah, it, it's not to penalize him. I, he certainly prefers seeing him come off the bench and score three goals rather than score zero goals. That, that's exactly. for damn sure, especially against <laughs> Leicester. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of a pulse check for him, but I don't think there's a distinct advantage to moving him, so he's just a hold for me right now. I'm going to say hold as well. So with that being said, that wraps up this game week. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in hopefully you got something from this Uh, again if you have any other questions shoot them our way we'll answer them throughout the week Um, if things change injuries pop up yeah feel free to uh, tag either one of us in your tweets follow the show on twitter Um, again just thanks for listening your support so far has been tremendous and uh, we really appreciate it so anything to sign us off with sec uh just you know have you been patient this far just be ready for what you're prepared for here it's two weeks of no football and even a reduced fat weekend of football before so just be excited and trust your gut i like it yep all right everybody well that's us signing off peace out later